B-U-X World. B-U-X World. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about voice. Without further ado, welcome to the show. All right. Just like that, here we are, ready to rumble. How is things, Dustin? Things are going okay. How about you? I'm, I'm digging the, uh, the hoodie. When do well, I get one of those? You get one of those ASAP. As soon as I can get packages to arrive at your place <laughs> successfully, we'll, we'll definitely have one in the post. You've, uh, you're mixing up the old uh, the locations, Dustin, giving a tour of your apartment on every episode these days. Yeah, I- I think at this point, everyone knows exactly the layout of my apartment. But yeah, just changing things up a little bit. I'm now in front of the window. It's uh, it's nice. It's nice. You got to. You got to. Welcome, Anthony. Welcome to VUX World. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. An absolute pleasure. It's a nice color you've got going on there. I want to see that. I want to see that's Ignisha blue, Faro and Ball, is it? <laughs> Yeah, you know, my, my wife repainted the room and hates it, but everybody seems to like it on video, so I guess it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that's far and ball, that's not cheap paint, I can tell you that, because my wife spends a fortune on it and decorates this place with it. Um, but yeah, pleasure <laughs> pleasure to have you on, and uh, thank you everyone for joining and tuning in. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Google CCAI, Contact Center AI, and uh, I'm not just saying this because you're here, Anani, this is, this is the honest truth. I've been hoping and wanting this conversation for a long time because our history, if you go back far enough, is rooted in your likes of Google Assistant and the voice assistant space. And, you know, we've been working in, in the sort of contact center environment and customer services for a while. And then we see Google release this kind of suite of tools that seems to have in some parts some history with with Google Assistant and all this kind of stuff and very similar technologies. And, you know, we've been, been exploring it for a while and excited to see where it goes and what you're up to. So thank you very much for, for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting, exciting. Yeah, there's a lot of history there with the system. And uh, yeah, we can talk about it. It's, it's an interesting story. But it, what's, what's interesting is that it's really accelerating. Like in the last two years, it's been pretty, pretty impressive what we've been able to deliver and really happy to release all that technology now. It's, it's all coming together. And um, yeah, we're seeing great results. So happy to share all of that. Nice. What's, who, what's it off? What, who is it that says, I love it when a plan comes together? Yeah. Is that, is that the A team? Is it the A team? Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. I, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. Nice. Well, well, Anthony, thank you for joining us. So you are the head of conversational AI and contact center at Google Cloud. Do you want to tell the people tuning in a little bit about what that role is and what you do at Google Cloud and how that relates to, to CCAI? Yeah, I'm at, so I'm in. The, I'm, I own the product, uh, the, the the product suite basically. So whatever touches conversational AI for Google Cloud, which is, you know, a set of a set of products. So some underlying technologies like the speech to text API or text to speech API, uh, some of the NLU technologies that we have. But on top of that, really, what's interesting is the uh, the, the various products. You know, Dialogflow for the self service channel. You know, bots for voice and chat. Uh, the agent assist to help human agent do their job better and uh, you know, gain insights on what's going on in real time as they're talking to customers. And the latest one is insights, which is coming uh, very, very soon, um, which is about understanding all your contact center and everything that's happening there. So it's, it's kind of a product suite under the umbrella of CCI. And um, yeah, so I, I own that. I have a, a team of product managers that uh, do a great job at delivering on those products, but um, helping drive uh, a change in the market with this. Nice. Sorry, I was just trying to put the link in LinkedIn there. Wicked. So you mentioned that um, some of it has a history with Google Assistant. Can you want to let's unpack that a little bit? So where, yeah. where did CCAI come from and what relationship, if any, does it have with Google yeah. Assistant and the technologies? Well, it started about four years ago, I think, some, somewhere around that, where we did, uh, Assistant actually did an acquisition of a company called API.ai. And API.ai was uh, a tool to help people build better Google Assistant uh, interactions. And uh, turned out that uh, in Google Cloud, we were really interested with this technology. And a lot of cloud Google Cloud customers actually started using API.ai uh, to build bots for their enterprise. And it became Dialogflow. 
And so we started splitting a little bit, working toward um, more enterprise use cases with Dialogflow as, as Assistant was working on their own on their own path and we were sharing a lot of the NLU underlying the technology. But as time passed, we saw much more traction in the enterprise and had to separate ourselves a little bit in terms of how you manage the the system itself. The NLU is fairly is common, but the system, you know, the, the designer, the, the interaction, the webhooks, the infrastructure, the security level, the privacy that we could provide with Dialogflow kind of diverged a bit. And about I think I would say about two years ago, we started embarking on a new journey toward larger enterprise. So we had literally over, I think we have about 1.5 million developers now on Dialogflow uh, signed up, but we saw that big move toward large, large companies, you know, like Verizon uh, of the, and the likes that wanted to have a lot more flexibility and, and being able to handle more complex use cases with their, with their virtual agents. So Dialogflow migrated toward what we just launched in January, which is Dialogflow CX. But at the same time, we expanded toward agent assist and insights that we added to the portfolio. So the history starts at API.ai four years ago, but I think there's somewhat of a split about two years ago to address that large enterprise use cases, those large enterprise use cases. Interesting. Um, and so for those who you mentioned it's there's there's dialogue flow there's there's cx that was created there is yeah. agent assist analytics and insights those are the those are the the four main components insights not out yet but insights is coming that's right isn't it yeah so insights is in uh early preview right now it's coming out in in uh in preview let's say it's kind of a beta it's a new term like we don't have alpha beta anymore we have previews and ga mm -hmm. so preview is coming out uh, i think in the next month uh, in, uh, analytics is, is is insights. There's no analytics product per se. It's, it is it is insights. So okay. Dialogflow, Agent Assist, and Insights are the three main main products. Fair enough. That makes sense. Um, okay then. So Dialogflows uh, has been used a lot for Google Assistant actions, as well mm -hmm. as chatbots, as well as contact center, etc. For those that are tuning in, they they are more than likely have experienced Dialogflow in some shape or form. Um, so what is it that drove the need for Dialogflow CX? Where did CX come from? So CX is a bit more graphical. It's it's uh, slightly different to ES. What's the, the history there? Yeah, uh, and that, that's actually very important. So Dialogflow Essentials ES is basically Dialogflow, the Dialogflow that everybody knows, the the kind of prior version, if you will, uh, that was meant to build simpler interactions. So one or two turns, maybe three turns, if you if you really need to go a little deeper. But it, it, some people have called it like slot filling type of bots. It is a little bit of that, you know, ask something, get intent and, and entities and do something with a webhook or a cloud function. Uh, fairly simple. But when you talk about larger enterprise, they need to handle much more complex use cases, longer, you know, five, 10, 12 turns, 15 turns uh, in a conversation or, you know, things that last for two or three minutes uh, on the voice side. And being able to handle that with Dialogflow Essential was very difficult because linking intents between them, the dependency between intents was a little difficult to do. And the visual builder was a big improvement where you can see a complete flow manage the transition in a drag and drop UI, you know, all without code was really important to a lot of customers, but it really doesn't stop there. Uh, Dialogflow CX came from a need for better pre predictability in spending, for example. So the pricing model is different. It's a session based rather than, you know, a turn or, or 15 second increment. Uh, it has a scalability uh, uh, capabilities that are much higher. So Dialogflow CX can handle 40,000 intent in a single implementation. Uh, if you compare that Dialogflow Essentials is 2000 intent, uh, you can have mega agent on it, which allows you to go to 20, but CX with 40,000 intent. And we have customers that are in the many, many thousands, like 15 to 17,000 intents. Uh, so it does happen that you need this kind of scale. Um, it also has a lot more features toward IVR. So when you use Dialogflow Essentials, it's unlikely that you're going to replace your IVR or enhance your IVR with it. It's more about you know, interaction. If you think about Assistant, it's interaction with a smart device. In the enterprise, they all have IVRs and they want to make those IVRs conversational. So Dialogflow CX supports things like barging and timeouts and you know, retries and 
you know, DTMF support, things like that. That's you need in a, in a traditional IVR. So those, those functionalities are there as well. Um, and we also support a lot more features around um, kind of collaboration, uh, analytics, experiments, uh, feedback loop, what we call feedback loop. All those are still, some of them are still in the work. We're still enhancing the product, but um, the, the goal is to have teams working on your bots and your interactions, not just a one or two person. And so when you have teams, you have conflicts, you have you no know, change management, you have history of changes, you have access controls that you need. So CX is going in that direction, delivering for the enterprise in a much better way. And so could you see, C, uh, or could you think of CX as the enterprise version, uh, or uh, maybe to put it another way, if you're used to Dialogflow ES, can you move over to CX or are they different enough that it's a, it's a new learning curve? It's a little bit different uh, that the the concepts, the, the data model uh, are different. Uh, you have a notion of page and and um, it's a it's a intent driven design. So it's a, it's a little bit uh, it's different. Like there's a little bit of a learning going from ES to CX. Um, we are not deprecating ES, by the way. It still serve a, an entire market of people that want to build bots either on simple interactions or you know, they don't have a lot of intents. They have simpler intents. So ES is still there, and we're still improving the product. Uh, and we so that's why we have those two two products now. CX really targeted at larger, you no know, medium to large enterprise, and essentials to you no know, small and medium businesses or even individual hobbyists or developers that want to build uh, an LU based interactions. Um, yeah. And are they targeted towards different in profiles as well? Because you mentioned uh, with Dialogflow ES, it's maybe more code driven, whereas uh, with CX, you've got the, the visual editor and it's maybe more visual driven. Do you have different profiles or uh, do you find overall that are the ones actually implementing it from ES to CX? Yeah, I would say uh, when we work with customers that are deploying Dialflow CX, the people who are designing are conversational architects, uh, what we call it. It's, it's kind of an, a new role that we're finding. Uh, we have uh, quite a few at Google that are experts in there. They've been designing bots for many years. But the, the conversational architect is a, is a core skill set of designing the right bot and taking into account the NLU performance <laughs> as you're doing it. Um, is is more the type of profile that will work on Dialflow CX versus Dialflow Central. It's pretty simple. Like anybody, any developer can do that, and you don't necessarily need a conversational architect when you're using ES. So you'll see different profiles, as you mentioned. Yes. Interesting. So <clears throat> sounds as though CX is, and you mentioned the conversational architect. I'm pretty sure uh, Michael Kenny has put a question in here. I'm pretty sure he is one of the conversational architects uh, on on that team. We'll get to that question in a minute, uh, Michael. Um, so you mentioned that the CX is potentially more powerful, can handle more intense. Uh, yeah. It's more built for the enterprise, and ES is is more for that beginner kind of uh, use case potentially, or smaller teams or individuals, etc. Is there anything like over and above the fact that um, CX can handle more intense and, and and it's got a graphical interface? Like, what what would you advise be the core reasons for a team deciding to use CX? versus ES? What are some of the fundamental questions that you would need to ask to determine which one to use? Um, it's mostly the complexity of the of the use cases. If you do need to have bots that are more than two or three turns, you're probably a CX candidate. Um, so it's because it's going to be really hard to to deliver on essentials. I mean, you'll be able to do it. Like companies like the Home Depot have done it really well, and but it's it's complicated, uh, and it's hard to maintain. And so as soon as you need longer longer conversation, and you're trying to solve for longer use cases and conversations, CX is a good candidate. As soon as you have teams, CX like you go CX. There's uh, no, <laughs> it's going to be pretty straightforward there. Um, and if you need an IVR integration, so if you really need to be integrated in your contact center uh, solution, you're probably your CX candidate as well. One thing that I forgot to mention, actually, which is pretty important, Dialflow CX has a, has a different NLU engine, uh, what we call an what we call it an advanced NLU, which has uh, actually better performance than Dialflow ES as well. So we, we've seen we've seen a little bit of a, an improvement in just the head intent detection for the similar similar use cases. We see a better performance on CX, and that's uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. It, it wouldn't make um, it wouldn't make you choose CX over 
essential if it was just for that, but that's an added benefit of using CX. Interesting. What what is it about the NLU that's this different? It's uh, it's just basically using the latest uh, BERT uh, models that uh, you know Google has worked on for several years and uh, has released some of it actually open source. But we we are improving on a BERT model that it's um, a little more advanced, and this is the one that we've been using for CX that is not deployed for Essentials, which still uses the um, another NLU technology um, that is not BERT based. Interesting. Um, there'll be some people tuning in who build actions for Google Assistant, which they would typically use ES. You mentioned CX is more for the enterprise, more for integrating into contact centers, things like that. Is is there a potential for CX to be then also able to be used with Google Assistant, or is that not part of your specific focus with CCAI? No, it's it's totally possible. I mean, you can you can hook up Dialogflow CX with with Assistant. Uh, where we face issues, and it's it's not an issue, it's something you, uh, companies and customers have to be mindful about. The terms of services of Google Assistant are different from the terms of services of, of Dialogflow CX. Dialogflow CX is a cloud product, 100%, and therefore abides to the terms of services of cloud. Your data is your data. We don't see it. We don't use your data. We can't see your data. It's all it's all it's all you. It's 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 a cloud customer using a cloud product. It's not the case in Assistant. Assistant is more of a you know, um, public-facing product where the terms of services are a little different, where they see a little more what's happening in the type of query and how the queries are handled, et cetera, et cetera. So when we talk to customers who are deploying CX, oftentimes the question comes up and we say, it's fine, you can, you can use it, but do be mindful that the terms of services of a Google proper, you know, Google search type of product are different from a Google Cloud product. Hmm. And uh, Google Assistant may see some of these early requests. What's in, in Dialogflow, they don't see it anymore, but they may see the early requests. So there's a consequence to do that. If you're fine with it, that's okay. You can do it, uh, but you need to be aware of it. Hmm. Makes sense. Uh, Tariq, I know you've said you've asked a question about Agent Assist. We will get onto Agent Assist. We'll 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 get there uh, shortly. Um, we'll go to we'll maybe flash up Michael's question, uh, and then we'll yeah. you, you alluded to something uh, a moment ago, which is taking Bert, which was researched uh, model through Google. And I know that last time we spoke, you mentioned a few other things that have come out of Google's research that are part of of CCAI. So we'll get into some of that in a moment. But first. Michael is asking, uh, will Dialogflow CX start to open up third-party integrations such as connecting to enterprise CMSs and things like that? Yeah, so Dialogflow CX is uh, is, is taking the same uh, backend integration paradigm as Dialogflow Essentials today. So you have webhooks and cloud functions that basically enable you to connect to about anything in the backend. Uh, we are seeing patterns in our customers that are pretty common around using APG. So that's another Google Cloud product. APG is an API management uh, layer uh, to front end the backend system. So Dialogflow connects to APG. APG fulfills a bunch of requests. So something like, hey, I'd like to pay my bill may need to hit three different systems uh, in the backend. And instead of having Dialogflow hit all those systems via a complex webhook or some, some intermediary uh, virtual machines or process, we hit Apigee and Apigee does that uh, really well. So we're seeing this kind of patterns happen, uh, which allows Dialogflow to connect to CMS systems or CRM systems or any ERP or any kind of backend system. Now, if, if the question is uh, here uh, around you know, uh, native integration, that's something we, we're looking at. Is there a way to have native integration with some of the, of the backend system, the CMS or, or CRM? Um, that's something we're looking into. It's, it's not, it's going to it's not like in the next few months it's a little further away but that's because apigee is doing secretary but at it uh, we're relying more on apigee right now makes sense uh so there's a couple of avenues we could go down here. Let's let's pick up the one that you kind of alluded to. You were talking about BERT. Uh, last time we spoke, there was a few other things around uh, some of the things that Google has that CCAI also kind of benefits from, or the research has happened that CCAI benefits from. Things like predicting natural language generation for predicting, you know, responses that agents might type or anything like that. I wonder yeah. if you can speak to a little bit of the why CCAI uh, 
and how CCAI is benefiting from some of the other things that people might not really be aware of that Google's doing? Yeah, it, it's an important point because that's that's one of the value of, of uh, the Google solution and Google Cloud is that we, we're not, a, we're not a, an entity that is uh, completely isolated from the benefit of the broader Google entity, which is the research that Google is doing for other products like search. Um, Google, Google has a massive amount of researchers, some of the top, uh, top in the industry that are always looking at ways to better understand uh, conversations. Either it's for Google Assistant or it's Google Search or it's YouTube content or it's Google Meet transcription or you know, any, any kind of like our smart home, you know, Google Home. There's researchers all day, all they do is try to improve what we're doing there. And uh, Google Cloud actually benefits from that. And so we take we take that research and bring it in. The, the fun thing is we don't give back to them <laughs> because we, I mean, we, we're same thing. We're bounded by Google Cloud uh, privacy, so, but we do get a lot of benefit from these guys. So when we get that, you know, things like uh, things that m most people are aware of and, and see is in Gmail or G Suite. As you're typing, you know, you have autofill in. Or when you see an email and there's a bunch of responses that are proposed at the bottom, that smart reply is called smart reply and the other one smart compose. Well, if you think about what a, a, a human agent can do in, on a chat channel, for example, where as they're typing, you would see those responses being auto-generated uh, or responses that are auto-filled, like proposing responses, smart reply. We've deployed that on agent assist for chat and using exactly the same backend as uh, what's used for, for Gmail and G Suite. But the model is built with the customer data. So each customer has their own model. So the replies come from the customer's data set. The, the, the filling of the sentence come from the customer data set. So it's extremely accurate. Uh, it's very domain specific. And therefore, this has shown improvements that are pretty impressive in the, in the various customers we've deployed to and even at Google in our own contact center. We've seen things like 30 plus percent improvement in how many chats a person can handle in parallel. That's a that's, that's straight 30% improvement in efficiency for chat agents. Wow. We've seen 80% plus uh, uh, agent satisfaction on this. They love it. Uh, we've seen CSAT improvement four to seven points, depending on some of the use cases by using this kind of stuff because the conversation is shorter, the answers are more accurate. It's fast. I mean, it's just faster overall. Um, and, you know, when you think about chat agents who are switching between chat windows all the time, when they come back to a window and they see the responses, they don't lose context. So they pick up context a lot faster. So it, it's, it's overall a very, very good experience. And we're really excited to, to have released this feature. Um, this is actually coming out. Uh, this is uh, getting um, pu the public API is launching next uh, this Thursday. Actually, so mm -hmm. you'll be able to integrate that with your own stuff uh, Thursday. Cool. Right now, it goes through some of our chat partners. Yeah, nice. And so, I, I think if uh, for people who are ML or NLU adjacent, if they've heard of Bert, it's it's more in the or it's maybe in the context of the Google featured snippets, the the question answering. Is that what you're using Bert for? Or are you using it for intent recognition or other things as well? Or I guess the question is, are, do you do that type of question answering that people are used to seeing in those feature snippets in Google? Uh, oh yeah, this, I think this is, uh, this is uh, what you're describing is more what we call extractive search, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, it's when you, let me clarify, it's when you type in Google something and there's a little answer, a little answer box. Right, uh, precisely. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is something that's the same thing where actually our agent assist team is uh, is trying to leverage that for agent for agent assist use cases. Right now in agent assist, when uh, either on voice or chat channel, we can suggest documents or responses, but the responses always come in the form that if you have an FAQ, uh, on the on your website or in a document, we can find the the question that maps what's being talked about and give you the answer from that FAQ. But if it's part of, an, of a full document, at this point we send you back the entire document and say the answer is in this document. And that very transparently hasn't been received very well. People are like, yeah, I'm not going to open the whole thing. You know, it's taking too much time. So they are asking for extractive search. And so this is exactly what we're we're actually working on right now is to make sure that we can extract the content. Uh, so that's the first thing is extracting the content from a document that's relevant to the conversation. That's pretty easy to do. The next step to that is generative content, actually creating an answer from content in a document rather than extracting the content itself. It's actually generating that answer. 
Um, so that's something also that we're, we're um, our research team is working in collaboration with us to make sure we can deliver. But that's going to be pretty pretty efficient, actually. Uh, we're really excited about what we're seeing at this point. Mm. A lot of information buried in various documents and stuff like that, isn't there? I yeah. think if, you, if you can crack that, then that's, and you uh, see it, and you see it in contact centers. I mean, the the people, you know, they're the agents. They're on the call and say, "Hold on, hold on a second. Like, and then your your customer kind of waiting, and what are they doing? They're right. actually and, searching. And then, then you hear they're this. going in their thing and searching through all documents, trying to yeah. find an answer. It's it's terrible. Sometimes I've seen I've seen it in context. Like the, the, the agent would stand up and ask people around, like, "Hey, do you know about this and that?" And like they're asking others to get the answer. That that shouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and the, these days, with everyone working from home, you've got the the additional, uh, which is an actual real thing that I heard uh, on a call when I called a contact center. I can't remember who it was now. I think it was actually my bank. And I spoke to someone, and they didn't end the call in time. So they end like I didn't hang up. I was on loudspeaker. I had my phone over the other side of my desk, and so they didn't hang up on their end. And all of a sudden, I heard Call of Duty start again in the background, <laughs> fire gunfires and all that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's interesting you talk about agent assist there. And, uh, you know, Tariq had mentioned it, and, and this is something we definitely want to get into is um, maybe let's start from the very beginning for those who have just heard the term agent assist. So yeah. let's just do a high level overview of, of what agent assist actually is. Yeah, yeah. Well, agent assist started on the voice channel, in fact. Uh, now we have that, that great uh, agent assist for chat, but it started on voice. And the way it works is... Uh, the AI will listen to a live conversation between an agent, a human agent, and a customer. And as it's listening to the conversation, we'll apply our speech-to-text technology to transcribe everything that's happening in that conversation, diarization, and everything will show up on the screen for the agent. But we use that transcription to actually do um, you know, back-end queries uh, with a model around documents and suggestions that we could surface to the agent in real time. So that that's the, that was the beginning of a Assist. and how we enhanced it is um, lately is to make you benefit from the work you've done on the self service channel with Dialogflow, and we're able to actually surface a bot that is knows how to handle what you're talking about with the customer, and will help the human agent through the process. And sometimes the bot will just go through the flow as in listening to the conversation. Sometimes the bot will help do slot filling. You know, you're going on a trip, you need to know the dates, destination, how many people, et cetera. The bot will capture that throughout the conversation and fill in uh, those fields that are required in, in your form. Um, so that having a bot, an AI that helps the human agent is, uh, is something that we found really powerful versus just recommending documents. So that's, that's really what we're, we're seeing right now taking off in terms of voice. But it, it all starts with the voice transcription and a side benefit of agent assist is you do get the transcription. Basically, think about how many contact center would love to get the transcription of all their calls. Uh, this is not happening today, but if you use agent assist, that's that's one of the benefit of it is you get transcription on every single call. And guess what? This transcription goes where? Into insights. <laughs> we'll talk about insight, I'm sure. But that's that's the that's the side benefit. So the, the primary benefit is the is the the recommendation and the virtual agent helping the agent and you know, whatever we can do to to help, as well as a summary of the conversation at the end that reduces the the, um, the time you know, the the time the agent spends uh, closing the case at the end, but also getting all the transcription of all calls and that's that's something that most contacts have never had before. Mm. And how does how does that manifest itself? Is it an integration into the contact center? So it's a little widget that the call handler can see. Is it a totally different dashboard that they go to their own Google Cloud uh, place and log in and then they see it there? Like, How does it actually manifest itself in, in the real world? Well, we, we, took a, we took a strategy from the very beginning to uh, work through uh, partners uh, to deliver this technology. We're an AI company. We're very, we think we're very good at doing AI stuff, uh, but uh, we, we wanted to make sure that we meet the customers where they are. And when we talk to customers, they're telling us, you know, we have a three-year contract with uh, Genesis, a five-year contract with Avaya. We're, we're all Cisco here. Uh, we have Five9, we have Mitel, we have LifePerson, we have you know, whoever you, you're naming. So. What we've done in over the last two years is really make sure that our technology is available through these channels 
And we don't disrupt, we don't come in and replace everything you have and force you into a complete uh, change management project that will last for two years. We're really trying to whoever you're working with. If you have Genesis, if you have Avaya, Cisco, whoever, 5.9, we want to make sure that you can access our technology. So usually the widgets, how it's seen by the agent is part of the desktop that the customer has. So they have to build a little bit of an integration there. Um, The bigger customers actually have custom consoles. They don't even use any of the, the, the companies I mentioned right now. They have custom custom console that they built, and so they have to add these widgets. Uh, mm-hmm. As Google, we do recommend we have best practices in how to surface that information. We've done a lot of uh, UX research uh, to know what works well, and some of our customers follow it well. Some of our customers don't. Um, it's it's we don't like when customers uh, are are not doing it right because uh, we feel like they're missing on an opportunity to <laughs> to actually get more value, but it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so you mentioned integration with partners. We'll talk a bit, maybe as we once we've got through the, the, the uh, exploring the actual features and things, a little bit about that partnership approach. I think that's interesting. It'd be interesting for people to understand exactly um, what how how that would look. So if they've got, if they've got a Genesis system and the CCAI is integrated into that, what does that actually look like in in reality? And so for for the agent assists side of things, when you mentioned partnering with these contact center providers. Is it a partnership in in so far that once they've created their agent assist, and we'll get on to how how you actually create that in a moment, but once they've created it, is it like a one-click thing, like enable this in the Genesis dashboard, or is there still some work that they need to to do to to get it to surface in there? Uh, Well, I I would, I would, each each partner is different in how they integrate, uh, and uh, I'm not an expert in the Genesis uh, integration or Avaya integration, so Mm -hmm. I would probably turn to them. One thing that we realize is some of the versions of Genesis or Avaya are not finished, like they haven't finished the integration with CCI, so you need to be careful a little bit about what what version you have. Mm -hmm. I believe Genesis Cloud is pretty well integrated, and that's the one that's kind of ramping right now, for example. Um, Avaya is doing a good job as well. Um, so they, they will turn it on. Like there's a little bit of, of work on their end to, to, to enable all the features, especially CX being so new. There's some, some CX features that are not there yet, uh, that they need to integrate, but it's coming. I mean, they're working on it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's basically, I mean, it's a product that, you know, the partner will sell. So they, they sell it, you buy it from them and mm. we have, we have a deal with them to, uh, for, to make sure they get access to all the technology. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a customer standpoint, they're buying from Genesis or via a, CC, a Google CCI, but they're buying from them. Interesting. Um, that's interesting. So how 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 would it kind of how would you do it then? How how would you actually create a a live agent assist if you would go to a via or whoever and say, "Hey, we want to do yeah. this." Do they do they? Well, let's 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 not go into how that relationship works. Let's go into if if we were wanting to create a live agent assist uh, service, what would be yeah. the steps that we would need to follow to to do that? Yeah, uh, the the partner, and I'll say partner generically, so because there's several, uh, the partner will will create a a Google Cloud account for you. Basically, I mean you have to sign it, but there's a there's a um, there's a service account that they create where you, they will configure, you know, do the conversation profile and all of the all of the steps that are required to enable agent assist. So turn on the API, create the conversational profile, train the model, ingest the, the the document repository, everything you need to have to make agent assist work. And once that's turned on in that with that service account from Google, so you have to be a Google customer, um, then they enable it in their own platform. So but this is done by by the partner, sometimes through SIs. Um, they, they do that for, for you. So, you know, companies like Quantify or SpringML or 1433 or SADA systems um, are all doing a great job. Uh, there are others, uh, I apologize if I forgot some, but <laughs> those, are, those are the ones we work with uh, a lot. Um, so there's an enablement. It's not, it's not a one click, just go in Genesis and boom, boom, click, click and done. There's a little bit of work and that's that's typical. I mean, in contact centers, especially when you talk about uh, CX or, or those kind of deployments, there's always an SI involved in those deployments. No, I've, I've never, I mean, the fully 100% self-service contact center are usually small business offerings. They're not, they're not um, 
mid-size enterprise mm. kind of um, solutions. Mm. Makes sense. And then is this a tool that will get better over time as, as, as agents use it and maybe provide feedback about which information is useful, which one's not? Oh, we're, we're, uh, I mean, honestly, we're far from being done. <laughs> there's quite a, there's quite a lot that we can add. Uh, the research is, uh, is pretty impressive what's coming and what's going to be available. So we're, we're, we're not, we're not done until, you know, everybody uses CCI. That's great. That would be great. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're really, we're really here to, to, uh, empower, enterprise to to change their their business through ai that that's really what we're here and uh, that's what google is here for and so there's still a lot this is just the beginning i mean we're we're at the very beginning of of that uh digital transformation powered by conversational ai what i like about it is conversational is probably the first real application of ai that has massive impact for customers that we're seeing now, like really seeing the impact. It's not just on paper or projections. It is, it is generating uh, impact. And that's, um, it's, it's great to see that traction because now we have interest and the more interest we get, the more resources we get to fund more research and development and provide new innovation in the space. So it's, it's a virtuous circle that's happening now and the flywheel has been kicked uh, basically about a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. And now, now it's it's really it's really taking off. So, um, w- my worry is that not enough customers get on the bandwagon and and realize that you know turn around in two years and feel that they they're completely behind. Hmm. And and some some will be like that. Some are really too slow to make decisions. Uh, so this is uh, this is really important. And uh, yeah, the research is is continuing. We're always improving, always learning. Uh, we, we're, no one is expert in the space. I think uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, everybody's still learning. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about the AI side of it, so you mentioned you know you're researching into natural language generation, for example, and and you know with uh, the NLG, if it's if it's wrong, it's it's clearly wrong, right? Um, but for other things, there might be a little bit of. Um, you know, a little bit of wicker worm. So I'm curious, uh, maybe are you thinking on a product per product basis, feature per feature, or do you have an overarching philosophy of when you when you focus on precision versus recall, when you focus on uh, getting it right at the cost of missing something, or when you uh, focus on getting everything that's correct at the cost perhaps of including things that, that aren't there? Because one of the things that is very interesting to me is, you know, certainly at a, for most people who are probably watching this, they're not working at a Google scale company. So any kind of decision you make along this front impacts a lot of people. So how do you go about thinking about that? Is it product per product? Do you have an overarching philosophy? How do you think about focusing on precision versus recall? Um, well, I'm, I'm thinking at the, at the portfolio level. So it, it's really the, the CCI suite that uh, we mentioned uh, earlier. As I, as I said, the underlying technology, the, the brain of all of it is common. Like the improvements we make in speech to text are benefiting Dialogflow, Agenesis, and Insights, all three. Uh, and uh, same thing for text to speech, same thing for NLU. So um, we can't really think on a product by product in terms of performance, because the performance is common for the, for the three. And that, that's one of the key, uh, in fact, differentiation in our product is what the investment you make in, in, in a bot is actually useful for, for uh, for your agent assist and and the NLU improvements you make in in Dialogflow can pr- benefit uh, insights eventually. So, it, I'm th- I'm seeing it overall. I would say that in terms of you, you, t- you kind of touched on prioritization here. I see this process as iterative. We can't we can't go and solve it all at once, and so you have to prioritize what you solve for first. And what you solve for first is is by looking at the data, you know, deploying something, looking at the data and improving on the, the biggest issues, the, 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 the thorny problems that you're finding, the customers are really not happy about your service, where people drop most often, uh, how do you solve for that, you know, interactions with sentiment that are not going well. And that's what you want to focus on and improve over time. You can never go in and deliver something that's going to be perfect on day one. That just does not happen. 
you know, some of the biggest engagements we have, it takes three to four months to get a bot to a very good level of containment or, or uh, customer satisfaction, a great customer experience. Even when we launch, it's good. It's not, it's not bad, it's better than what you had before, but you have to iterate on it. You have, and that's where Dialogflow CX is so important. It's all those tools to iterate, to manage your bot, the feedback loop, the experiments, all of that is critical to be able for you to improve your bot over time and learn what's not working. And then you can start improving on it. You know, I had, a, I had a conversation earlier actually today where the customer was asking about how we could, you know, inject where the person was on the app, in the app or on the website, what kind of thing, and how do we feed that in the bot? You can, but is that the first, like, should you spend your time doing that now versus trying to get a good bot running uh, that does good containment and then over time add those type of features? I think that's a better approach of being iterative um mm. than than trying to solve it all from day one um yeah so. i definitely agree with that it's definitely a journey i mean i've I've had conversations with folks who are trying to join up a bot in the in a phone line with a journey on a website and trying to make a smooth handoff between an ivr bot and a and a, a you know a mobile website and stuff and it's like well Really, you, should you be focused on actually making those conversations work so that they don't need to go to the <laughs> to the website the in the point. first place? Exactly. That's exactly um, the point. Yeah. And the other thing I noticed also when I talk to customers, I get I get a lot of customers asking, "Hey, what if what if the customer actually calls back for this, and then they chatted? You know, they went on a chat channel and they asked for this, and then they they bought." And in that case, like we need to handle that case. And you're like, uh, how many times does that happen? <laughs> like, and the corner cases, it's, it's pretty impressive. A lot of our customers are talking about corner cases when there's you no know, 20% of their traffic is not handled on simple cases that are not corner cases that they should be focusing on. And then they'll focus on corner cases. Unless the corner cases are horrible, like things like, you know, we're we're paying a lot of attention at Google Cloud around AI principles, so biasing uh, of our models and making sure we're doing the right things and and not not having models that are biased or are going to have the wrong behavior based on criteria that are not supporting fairness. Um, those need to be solved with high urgency, obviously. But customers have to let go of a lot of those corner cases at first when they first deploy. I'm not saying they're not important. But you have to solve for the for the big use cases first, and then refine, refine, refine mm. to get to those corner cases, because that's when you get your big return. Mm. It reminds me a little bit of uh, when I used to work in like service design, and you would create a, a user journey, or you'd be auditing a user journey, or creating something, and you know the completion rate of a form might be something like fifty percent, and people <laughs> people are debating what color the button should be, and it's like yeah. <laughs> there's bigger problems than the color of these buttons. <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That I just want to we'll get on you because you've touched on on uh, improving over time, and presumably that's where insights comes in. But before we get to that, I do want to kind of just back up ever so slightly and get to that back to that agent assist uh, conversation because you mentioned that the best way for people to do it if they have a partnership with a, um, a contact center provider like like an Avaya or Genesis or whoever whoever, go to them. They'll create the agent assist. They'll they'll kind of implement it. Maybe as a, a, um, a system integrator might help them along with it. Um, yeah. In terms of how that's actually done for those that don't have a integration with those contact center providers, but they still want to kind of have an agent assist capability in a maybe it's a homegrown contact center or a, a contact center that that doesn't yet have that Google CCAI partnership in place. We spoke to Elan Avner from Audio Codes uh, last week, yep. and he was talking about how one of the ways to do this is to basically split the phone signal coming in so that you've got the choice of whether you want to listen to both the agent and the customer, or if you just want to listen to the customer or whatever it might be, and then basically building a bot based off the back of that conversation like a normal bot in dialogue flow cx or something like that and then feeding the responses and the output of that into a widget that you would embed into a contact center that for me seems like a very difficult way of creating a bot because people speak to people 
completely differently than they speak to a, 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 a bot, for example. We back up, we give you a full backstory, we give long-winded answers, we go around the houses and we deviate, we interrupt and ask questions. There's a whole load of more complexity, I would imagine, that goes into that. But you mentioned that you put the transcript in there. And when you mentioned around analysing transcripts, it didn't sound as though you were trying to match intents and do that kind of stuff. So if someone wanted to do this without going to Avaya, how, how would you do it? Do you build a bot? Is that what you're doing? You're building another bot and then you're integrating that somewhere else? Or is there something else going on here with Agent Assist? Um, so Agent Assist voice today is not accessible uh, directly. It is what we call private API. So it is only via the partners at this point. So if you wanted to use uh, Agent Assist voice today without going to those partners, it, right now it's not possible. Okay. <laughs> that's, our, that's our good to market channel. Um, and the way we, why we said that is no, at some, well, you would have to have a digital channel that is not dependent on telephony. Um, and, and and most of our customers know that our targeting agent assist are have a telephony system in place, and oftentimes it's it's one of the the ones we partner with. So right, we haven't we haven't really opened up the API to to anybody else uh, than going through those partners for agency's voice. Every other API is actually open, uh, and agency chat will be open uh, as I said this week. Um, but other others are not. So agency chat is a you could you could. You could potentially use our speech API to transcribe uh, the voice in real time and then hit the chat API, uh, the agent assist chat API. It's a little hacky. I don't know if, I don't know if that's a pattern I would recommend, <laughs> but, uh, but I guess I guess that, that would be a possibility. Okay, interesting. And then one last question on integration before we get on to insights is the partnership that you have with uh, contact center providers so one is agent assist, go to the contact center provider, they'll set up agent assist. Yep. What about actually having those conversations with customers in the in the phone lines using Dialogflow CX? So again, I mentioned audio cords, we spoke to them last week, they were talking about their voice AI connect product, which connects um, any bot framework there or thereabouts with any contact center system. So in, yep. in the Dialogflow CX instance, is the integration such that the contact center provider or the brand can kind of go and create their conversations in Dialogflow, do whatever integrations into their systems they need to, and then, I don't know, de dedicate a phone line in their contact center to get it up and running? Like, how, how does that integration work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they can, they can use they can use Dialogflow uh, today directly. That's not that you don't have to go through. Uh, through a partner if you, if you don't want to. Uh, in fact, Dialflow, Dialflow is really good at it. Um, if, um, in fact, uh, we, see, we see a lot of partners, like Audio Code is one, like they, they, they actually integrate with Dialflow, which is, which is awesome. Mm. Um, they, I think they've done it also for the one, what we call one-click IVR integration. I think they're part of, one of the partners there. They're using that. Um, but yeah, Dialflow can be integrated with any channel. So if you, have a, if you have a voice channel, you want to send directly to Dialflow as a stream, Actually, this is the preferred pattern. You can you can use Dialogflow. You can do your speech to text and then send the text to Dialogflow for intent detection and, and and flow management, or you can send the audio stream. The best pattern is audio stream, and I'll I'll, I'll give you one one main reason is we have something called speech adaptation, auto speech adaptation in Dialogflow, and auto speech adaptation uses the biasing features of the speech to text API automatically in your bot without you having to configure anything. That means that when you send an audio stream to Dialogflow and Dialogflow knows where it is in, in the flow, it, know, it knows that you know, some intents are gonna be probably detected at that point, some entities need to be extracted at that point in the flow, it will bias the speech model toward those entity and those, those intents. And that makes the, in, the speech to text quality much higher and the intent detection much higher. Uh, even if the word error rate could be uh, higher, which is bad uh, in certain case. As long as the intent and entity are detected, you're going through the flow and you're progressing in solving the, the customer's problem. That speech adaptation is, is a checkbox in Dialogflow. Just check it and done, call it a day. And that improvement is, is massive versus doing speech to text first and then sending text to Dialogflow. You'll get a lot better result if you use that. Interesting. So, so 
That then, though, isn't using the CCAI partnership with the contact centre. No. For that, you would still have to go to the contact centre provider for that, no. do you? No, you don't. No, no. That you do whatever you want. Dialogflow is, is a product that anybody can access. So if you want to do it direct, you can do it direct. Okay. So when we talk yeah. about the CCAI partnerships with contact centre providers, is is that partnership more more on the agent assist side than it is the CX Side. It is. It is. Yes. So the partners that I mentioned do uh, integrate with Dialogflow CX for their IVR, do that, integrate Dialogflow Essentials uh, until now, and do integrate Agent Assist. Where the restriction is, is on Agent Assist, because Agent right. Assist voice requires a telephony infrastructure. When you use Dialogflow for voice, it could be a mobile app on your phone. It could be a web plugin. It could be you know a smart device, smart home assistant, could be any kind of Something that can send a stream of audio over you know, gRPC will work. So uh, much more open. But Dialflow and Agent Assist are part of our CCI partnerships, but where the restriction is, is on Agent Assist uh, voice. Right. So to clarify then, if someone has, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this. So someone, let's say, let's say that someone has a VIA contact center. That has a partnership with CCI. They can go to Avaya, they can get agent assist set up, they can do all that kind of stuff. Yep. They have a team, let's say, that can that can design conversations. And so they can use Dialogflow CX. Um, how would they then integrate that into their contact center? Would that be via this partnership? Is there an easy way of integrating it into the contact center? Or would they need to use something like audio codes to make that integration work? Then... Um, they can do it any way they like. We're really, if I would, I would advise to go to Avaya in that case and say, "Hey, Avaya, I want like, I would like to integrate Dialogflow in my contact center. If Avaya is providing the console, it's probably better to talk to Avaya. If they have a different, a separate um, um, team, separate infrastructure for their bot, that then they can go through Audio Code or whoever they they want to mm -hmm. use for their stream." Um, we, we, I mean, it's more a customer choice at this point. Uh, they tend to want to reduce how many people they work with, and you know that's, that's a trend in general. Mm -hmm. And so, if they're doing agent assist with Avaya, why not do Dialogflow with Avaya if they, if they can? Um, although we've seen we've seen a lot of companies that use Avaya, for example, for their calls, but use like LifePerson for their chat, and that that we see quite often. So they would talk to LifePerson to get access to CCI chat. And they would take to Avaya for their CCI uh, agent assist. Mm. Makes sense. Cool. Okay, then. So we've spoken about analytics or insights in part here and there. Um, do you want to give us the overview of what of what insights is? It's including the analytics. You mentioned that the transcripts could be fed into there. Yep. Sounds quite powerful. Like in in a nutshell, what what is insights? Yeah, in, insights is all about understanding conversations. Uh, that are happening in your in your contact center. Um, in fact, it's 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 a little more broad than that because it it's really good at understanding what's going on in conversations. Uh, so most of the time they'll come from your contact center, but they could be coming from other places as long as they have a, a conversation format, if I, <laughs> you say. Um, so there's obviously integration between Agent Assist and Dialogflow with Insights, where it's, it's basically basically a one-click integration. You click it, and it kind of configure a few things, and it goes into Insights. Uh, but Insights, the goal is to look at those conversations, uh, obviously index them so you can search through them uh, really easily. You can listen to conversations. You can see sentiment across conversation. But you can see things like topic, topic modeling. So you can do topic modeling on top of the conversation. What are conversations about? You know, so you have a bunch of NLU-based topic modeling that are like word cloud type of stuff that are telling you, you know, what are people discussing, the trending topics, things like that. The other thing that's exciting is the ability to do phrase matching. And phrase matching is, uh, is NLU-based as well. So you say things like, uh, give me all the conversation that had a greeting or didn't have a greeting. Uh, and, and you don't have to say what kind of greeting. It's not like give me the conversation where you find hello mm. or when you find, you know, how are you? No, you say greetings. And, you know, it will, will use NLU to know what a greeting is. You don't have to do it yourself. And then it will find out. And that, that is very attractive to companies that are, you know, have in compliance, uh, compliant um, 
regulated industry, sorry. And regulated industry, you know, where you, you have to say certain things at the end of the call or before the call, before you say or ask something, that those those sentences are are pretty defined and the agent has to say them. So you can easily search and say, show me all the conversation that was not happening. Um, and so for a QA manager or contact center, uh, you know, team lead, this, this, this tool is, is fantastic. Like they, they go from spending hours and hours listening to conversations that are irrelevant, trying to find one that's not working and go talk to the agent instead of having a little like, you know, typing a, a few a few search queries and getting getting all those conversation and being able to target the coaching very appropriately. So between the topic extraction, the topic modeling, topic extraction, the search and, and navigation within a single conversation and uh, the phrase matching kind of you know, NLU powered phrase matching, you're really getting a very, very good view of the data overall, plus being able to drill in very, very quickly uh, within the tool. And one extra thing here is our goal is not to host or, or uh, restrict access to any of that information. And one of the power of Insights is there's a, there's a one-click expert export of data to BigQuery. And that is helpful because a lot of our customers are saying, hey, I have some CRM data uh, about this customer. I have some ERP data, you know, billing and, and information about this customer. I'd like to map the conversations that are happening with this customer with the CRM and ERP data that I have. Well, guess what? Put everything in BigQuery and you have nice Looker dashboards on top of it. And then you can really get a lot of information about what's happening across all your channels, you know, from the conversation contact center, from the to the purchase to, uh, you know, the activity over time and the lifetime value of your customer. That is made possible by that integration with BigQuery. It's a one-click expert, very easy. All conversation you get access to, we don't we don't restrict you. Um, all recordings, the voice recordings, are going into can go into a GCS bucket. Uh, are yours? Like we don't, we're not here to host your data or do anything with your data. We're here to provide you the insights and the value from that data. Hmm. I've seen a couple of providers, one in particular, who one of the first things they would do is do kind of like a listening pilot. First time they start working with a contact center is they would just essentially stick the technology into the phone line gather a bunch of conversations over the course of a week or two weeks or whatever, and then essentially model what conversations they should be prioritizing as far as automation is concerned based on that data. It sound, sounds like this would lend itself to that. Is that one of the ways that you would recommend using something like this? Yeah. Insights will definitely help doing that, exactly. Uh, what, what's good about it is you don't have to listen in. Uh, actually, the first, I mean, not the first, but we have quite quite a few customers that are in, in our in our preview right now uh, that are using historical conversation. They did they did actually store you know years of conversations uh, that they don't and they have no idea what's in there. And the the first thing they do is actually feeding feeding that into insights and figuring out what's going on. And then you go into a live mode where you know you get you get the stream uh, you get the stream into insights. Uh, uh, the best way to use Insight today, because it's still in preview, is to is to drop everything in a GCS bucket if you can, um, and and then we'll take it from there. That's that's an easy one. Uh, what's coming later is a CPREC integration, uh, which mm -hmm. will make it a lot easier to fork for data from your contact center directly into Insights. Nice. One one of the things that um, we've been talking about recently. And, and posted about it as well, uh, written a couple of articles about it, is this concept of trying to help people uh, in the contact center space understand what kind of things they should be using to measure the success of bots that they implement. So this concept of containment rate is often said in the contact center, and, and all that means for those that are not from that world is that someone calls up and they don't reach an agent they're yeah. therefore being contained, which is a little bit like they're trying to use the, the the IVR as some little kind of containment agent, like a jail that kind of just boxes off and stops people from call, getting through to agents. So I just don't think it's a very helpful way of, of explaining what we're trying to do. And what we're actually trying to do is help people get answers to questions or help people access services or allow people to yeah. self-serve, basically. But that, that term containment, I've noticed uh, in that space has, has almost been transferred over to this kind of uh, automation using conversation 
conversational AI and the number of conversations I've met, I've had that says, oh, well, we've got conversational AI in our in our RVR and our containment rate is X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, that, how many successful conversations are you having? Uh, and no yeah. one can seem to answer that question. So we've been trying to do a little bit of education around how do you measure a successful conversation? And you mentioned there that the first time you go live with something isn't the, the you know, day, uh, isn't the end rather, um, and that the first few months is all about iterating. So I'm wondering if you can speak to the tools that exist within CCI and within this toolkit that would enable people, one, to measure the success of conversations and then two, figure out how they can go about improving it. Yeah, that's, that's very important. Um, and, you know, Insights plays a role there but insights is more offline it's after the fact uh, at this point um dialogflow itself comes with purely dialogflow focused analytics uh, so it tells you about the the flow you know what's used in the flow you know, how, how much how many conversations go through certain path in dialogflow and uh that helps with your your measure of containment which is yes it's not being escalated now you can measure containment differently you can say I will I will measure conversations that are not escalated, but I will look I will have a look back window, you know, 24 hours, whatever you want, um, to see if that person calls back again, or reaches back again, uh, on the same subject, and that could be a, a better measure of containment. Uh, it does, it's not perfect, but it is better than saying yeah somebody dropped because they were frustrated. Um, yeah, the call is contained, but if the person hasn't resolved their problem, uh, you have to you have to you have to look back. Are they calling back? And you could, your, your callback window could be whatever you want. Um, but that's more an internal process and in how you want to measure as a company, how you want to measure your containment rate. Um, we are asked by customers about um, uh, resolution rate. Uh, resolution is very hard to measure. And uh, we, we tend to, we tend to uh, be cautious about what we call. How do you know that a, that a problem was actually resolved Sometimes it is clear, it is, you know, the customer says it in the call and that's easy to measure, like we can detect that. But sometimes they'll say, okay, well, try this and that, try rebooting your, your PC and okay, I'll try. And they hang up and they never call back. Was it resolved? I don't know, <laughs> maybe it did work. Maybe they found another way to make it work. I have no idea. And so resolution depends on many other information that you don't have. And so you can't really measure result, resolved rate. Now you can measure CSAT out of the call. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way CSAT is done today because it's mostly survey-based. And uh, I, I personally only feel surveys when I'm really not happy or really happy mm. uh, about a call. I don't, <laughs> if I don't care, I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. So you don't get a, a real uh, view. One thing that we're working on is, is uh, measuring CSAT by understanding how the conversation goes. And that, that's an interesting research area, by the way. Uh, that was actually the very first premise of Insights was to do that, is to provide a CSAT score that was automatically calculated. And it's not CSAT in the, like, it's not the exact pure term, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a success rate or satisfaction rate th either throughout the call or at the end of the call mm. um, derived from how the conversation went. Uh, it's based on sentiment, it's based on what's being said. Uh, so some NLU there. Um, that I think is, is, is more promising in measuring correctly um, if a call went well or not, uh, which, you know, a call could be escalated to an agent, but still go well. I think that's a successful call. The fact that it's not escalated is not a success in itself. Mm. What should matter is, is the customer happy with the interaction they had with you? And you know, sometimes it is through an escalation to an agent, sometimes it's through a virtual agent. Um, so you, you should not discard the need for talking to a human person. I think that's important, but measuring, um, measuring the, 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 how the call goes with new types of metrics is something that we're really looking at, um, to improve as part of our both insights and, and, uh, and in general in, in agent assist or, or, um, or Dialogflow. Interesting. Yeah, some cases you actually want the call to be escalated, don't you? Sometimes it's one of those cases where you you just use the bot to gather up some information beforehand and then escalate oh, yeah. on on after that. Like, well, uh, the best way to talk to an agent is to say you want to cancel your subscription. And you get to escalate to yeah. an agent right away. <laughs> no, that's true. Like that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, and yeah, no website will let you do that either. You try going to uh, Sky. I don't know if you have got Sky over in the US, but over here it's like it's like. Um, 
what is it? I suppose it's like a bit like TiVo or Comcast or whatever. You try cancelling yeah. your Sky subscription and you have no chance. You have to make about four different calls. You have to give them a reason. You know, they don't just cancel it for you. It's like, oh, why, why, why do you want to cancel? It's like, what's, what's it got to do with you? <laughs> yeah, it's mad. It's mad. I'm not going to I'm not gonna comment on, on people. Yeah, well, well. Some of them are customers, so. Yeah, I bet they, yeah, I bet they probably are, yeah. I wouldn't expect you to do that. I often give anecdotes about companies that have terrible experiences. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there you go. That's it. Um, but anyway, this has been an absolute pleasure. Dustin, any, any, any final thoughts? Any last questions? for Anthony no no final questions other than uh, no I think this was great uh, sorry to the people we weren't able to answer questions to but I think a lot of that is around dialogue flow the capabilities and, and what do you do so perhaps yeah. where can people go and find out more if they have specific questions about the dialogue flow product? yeah there's I mean there's always more documentation we're putting out uh, we're always told we don't have enough so that's that's an ongoing work <laughs> you know I see like conditional branching yes we do that in dialogue for CX it's great actually uh, you know, protect data. All data is, is encrypted at rest in transit, um, and uh, customer data. We don't we don't touch it all. You can hook up Dialogflow with with our DLP pipeline, so remove PIs from everything that's going out of it. So that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, actually, we do have some research going on that are um, we're trying to get uh, our PI, PI removal system to be more aware that it is a know, telco conversation or FinServe conversation or healthcare conversation and, and, and tune toward that to be a little more accurate than a, a more generic DLP system. So we have we have research going on in that, that sense as well. That's going to be really interesting. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's, there's, yeah, we're, we're adding more and more content online, uh, you know, every week and uh, hopefully uh, people will We'll get self-serve uh, quickly on the documentation, but no, greatest size, some of those I mentioned are really good. They're really our experience in building bots. Don't underestimate the quality and the, the value of a good conversational architect. It is not something you learn in a, you know, in a training in two weeks. Like it, it, it takes time to be good at it. And um, the, the value, value good conversational architect, I would say. Those are, those are important people. <laughs> In yeah. the success of the project, and then with good tools like our CCI suite, I think you'll you'll be well equipped to do great great in transforming your uh, your customer experience. Wicked, that is that's wicked, Anthony. Really appreciate you joining us. I I, th I do think you know we've used Dialogflow quite a lot, uh, and I've used CX here and there, and it's 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 a nice tool. I haven't used Agent Assist yet, um, but definitely like like it. Love the work that you're doing. I think the partnership angle is a really smart one because it's in a position then to potentially become the default go-to thing technology essentially for for those uh, use cases in the contact center i wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the strategy around becoming the default because as we've learned from paperless billing <laughs> um default behaviors tend to kind of stick around so i think that's a really yeah. smart move um so yeah thanks for joining us really appreciate it and uh, thanks for having me that's yeah, been a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining us as well. And as Dustin said, apologies we didn't get to all the questions. And Anthony, thanks for skipping through a few at the end there. Um, we will be back next week, next Thursday, as always, same time. So I'm going to start saying, I always want to say same bat time, same bat channel. I don't know if anyone used to watch the old classic Batman from back in the day. That's, uh, yeah, so join us next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Appreciate it. See you soon. Thank you very much.